Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hello, this is Ruben Dua from the Dub Podcast Connection Loop. And I am so psyched today to have uh, such an amazing guest on the topic of customer experience. And this is such an important topic. And I learned this a long time ago, and I still am learning this, that this is probably one of the most important parts of your business, because without happy customers, where are we as a business? So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Shep Hyken. Shep, if you could please give us a short bio on yourself, and then I promise to, to get into this with you. Sure. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, my name's Shep, Shep Hyken, and I am a customer service and experience expert. That's what I do for my clients, travel around the world speaking at events. I write books. I've written eight books, written thousands of articles that have been in hundreds of publications. And I, for the last almost 40 years, my entire life has been about how do you create that experience that gets customers to want to come back. Specifically, title of the last book, I'll Be Back. Famous words by Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Terminator, but so important to a yeah. business. <laughs> yes. Well, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think what you're referring to is repeat business. <laughs> yeah, why not? It's a good thing, right? And it, and eventually repeat could lead to customer loyalty. And that's like, yeah. you know, nirvana. Right. Yeah. I remember sitting at a, um, I think it was a, a CPK and I was sitting down with this, uh, with an investor and he said, Ruben, and this was a very long time ago. And he said, Ruben, listen, I, I really like your, your pitch. I really like what you're up to. Um, but here's why I'm not going to invest in your business. And he and he explained, and this was, I don't remember what this sounds like Shark Tank. This was like a Shark Tank thing. So he says, <laughs> and for these reasons, I'm out. And what he did was he, he went to a paper napkin and on this paper napkin, he said, your CAC, your customer uh, acquisition cost doesn't, is not justified with respect to your lifetime value. And he says, the missing link in this whole equation is your social coefficient. How, for every customer that you get, how many additional customers are you, are you acquiring? Because right now, based on the data that you're showing me, it's it's not anything interesting. It's not like a, a loop. It's not like a marketing loop that where you get one person and then you get two more and then you get four more. And, you know, I'm not saying we have to go viral, but there is a social coefficient. And I remember sitting in that in that meeting and realizing he's right. There needs to be a social coefficient. And I think the social coefficient, it really comes down to happiness. You know, are our customers happy? So I would love to, I know that this is a very broad topic, but if you could just take us on a journey of really how to, first and foremost, how to understand this from a mindset, like where do, what do we have to do within ourselves to understand this? And then secondly, how do we, you know, outreach to, to truly connect to our customers to do that thing, which is to make them happy and to ultimately get that social coefficient. Right. And, and I was looking for some uh, stats and facts. If if you go to my website, there's a research report you can download. We call it the Achieving Customer Amazement Report, which is really a state of customer service and customer experience in today's world. And, and let me emphasize, it doesn't matter whether you're B2B, B2C, you know, a solo entrepreneur or part of a major Fortune 50 organization. You create the right experience and people talk. And uh, yeah, there we go. And those are the uh, those are the last three years of reports. 
you create the right experience. People talk your best marketing. Isn't you paying for all of the ads. It's when your customer says, let me tell you who I use mm. for this or who I do business with. And they talk about you. And the only way that happens is you create the experience that makes them want to talk about you. Mm -hmm. And uh, I always talk I, a cocktail conversation, you know, dentist, lawyer, who, who, or, or maybe you're getting ready to buy a new TV. You know? or, or maybe if it's a, a conference and it's an industry conference, you're talking about who your favorite vendors are. I mean, th this is where you get that word of mouth. Um, a friend of mine, and I know before we actually went live, we talked a little bit about Morton's. Uh, Tom Baldwin is currently the CEO of Benihana, the steak, uh, you know, the, you know, they make the steak and chop it up. The, hibachi, the, shrimp, the shrimp tail right? and the hot shrimp. Right? Right? Yeah, toss it, the, the funnel, the, <laughs> the volcano funnel of onion. Uh, and all. Um, he was the CEO of Morton's. Hmm. And he said the best marketing team we have is not somebody in our corporate office. It's the people on the front line, mm -hmm. making sure that our guests walk out of that mm -hmm. restaurant happy and not only want to come back, but want to bring their friends, want to talk about them. And furthermore, he said something, and I don't necessarily agree 100% with this, but he thinks that customer service, he said it's mistakes handled well. Mm. Okay, well, yeah, that I think that's part of the experience, handle the mistake well, and, and you can not only fix the problem, but get people uh, to a higher level of confidence about you. But in a sense, in that restaurant environment, he's he's probably right. You never want anybody going out unhappy. Um, and I know I could go on and on and talk about this, but I just got finished with an interview where we talked about what motivates or demotivates customer service reps in a company. And I said one of the things that's probably the most the biggest demotivator is the metrics that you use to define success from the standpoint of the agent being successful. And that is average handle time, okay? A-H-T, average handle time. And that is how long that agent spends with the customer. And the metric is, is and the, the goal of success is get the customer's situation resolved as quickly as possible mm -hmm. and get them off the phone so you can <laughs> take another call. Now, when you put that, it's uh, A-H, you have A-H-G uh, typo, A-H-T, but hey, I'm not <laughs> average handle time. Uh, but what happens is you, you confuse this person on the front line by, am I supposed to take care of the customer or am I supposed to hurry up and get them off the phone? And, uh, you know, and, and if, the, if the call seems to be going long, regardless of whether it needed to go long for legitimate reasons or not in this person's mind, who's taking care of the customer. Oh my God, I'm going to get in trouble if this call goes yes. any longer, even though the customer needs my help. So uh, Jim Bush, who used to be the senior vice president worldwide of American Express customer service, he said, I don't care about average handle time. I care about how happy the customer is. The big score we look at is not the metric of how long or short a call is, but how happy they are. And he used net promoter score, NPS. On a scale of zero to 10, what's the likelihood that you'd recommend us? And he said, my agents are graded on that score, not how quick they get people off the phone. And uh, this is a, a really cool, important concept. He said, not only do the agents get graded, but their managers are graded because they you know, report you know, to the manager. Not only do the managers get graded, but their bosses. He goes, part of my compensation is based on that front line 
making our customers or members happy. And I think, wow, that's taking that net promoter score or a customer satisfaction score to a whole nother level. So mm. again, I can go on and on about this. How many hours do we have? Oh gosh, I could talk about this for hours. I mean, a couple of stories come to my mind um, in, um, in business school. I haven't said that in a while in business school. <laughs> Um, I remember that the back in the day, back in the day, par pardon me for saying that. Actually, one of my professors, he shared a great story with us. It's actually an Amex story. And at some point, many years ago, Amex had in some particular area, they were not allowed to charge late fees for some reason. I don't remember what it was. It was some, some sort of litigation where they, they couldn't charge any type of penalty fee. So the brilliant marketers that they are over there, what they decided to do was to take a full page ad out in the uh, New York Times. And, uh, and it said, we will never charge late fees. You know, come to us and we will treat you like kings and queens. And you don't, know, you don't need to worry about it. And, uh, you know, they had some sort of a, a qualifier to make sure that they're getting the right audience so that they weren't taken advantage of. But, you know, it's this great story on turning a negative into a positive where, you know, if you can spin something so that now customers feel empowered, uh, you know, all of a sudden now they, they, might, they might flock to you. You know, we've noticed a lot of subscription services, Disney, Netflix, Amazon Prime Video, they're all raising their, their prices. A lot of companies are raising their prices now. Inflation, in fact, at Dub, we're also raising our prices early next year. And one of the things that we're navigating right now is how do we spin it so that, hey, we're not just trying to extract money, hard-earned money mm -hmm. from you, rather, we're trying to provide more value to you. And this is something that we think about a lot. I'd love to get your feedback sure. on how we can turn uh, challenges, conflicts, mistakes into, into, in fact, opportunities. Well, let's talk about specifically what you're up against right now, which is you're getting ready to raise your prices. Yeah. And you know that there are going to be customers out there that are going to say, I'm not paying anymore. And mm -hmm. you can lose them yeah. unless you give them the legitimate reason why those prices are being raised. Yeah. So um, I wrote an article and I have a weekly Forbes column and uh, Forbes.com comes out every Sunday and been doing it since 2014. Never missed a week. That's part of my contract. The editor said, you miss a week and you're fired. And I, okay, <laughs> I, I promise not to miss a week. Uh, anyway, I wrote about this uh, e-bike company um, and essentially a lot of the manufacturing parts that he uses comes from overseas. And when Trump was president, uh, he put a, uh, oh, wow, look at that. And look at all the guitars off to the right. So. <laughs> <laughs> those are all the guitars that I've looked at. And it's Guitar Center. Is that what it is? You, those, those are from you, uh, Perusing. Look at that. You've got That's the right. Strats. You've got the, uh, look at yeah. that. Uh, uh, oh, from Guitar Center, you've got the Les Paul. Oh, and there's Amex. And there's American Express. They heard us <laughs> talking about them. And look at that to the left. There's the pictures over at Benihana. Um, oh. This it's it's all it's all coming together here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there's a look at that. Go back up. There's a stack of books right there. See those books? Those books. Oh, at, oh. So the the Benihana. I wrote seven ways to create brand recognition from Benihana. I just did their annual meeting. Their CEO Tom Baldwin. I see it in the line. Uh, they. This is fascinating. You know, they have only uh, I believe it's a hundred and some odd um, restaurants. I I don't remember the exact. Do you know that that in the United States? McDonald's has, I don't know, how many tens of thousands of restaurants. Oh, they have 116 restaurants, it says at Benihana's. Uh, get this, 116 restaurants at Benihana's. McDonald's has thousands and thousands. McDonald's has 100% brand recognition throughout the U.S., right? Okay. Kids know who they are. 
116 restaurant, restaurants, Benihana has, has 90% brand recognition wow. because they create such an experience mm. that people remember and it's viral and people go there for special occasions. I'm getting ready to write an article about whether or not your company is worth, uh, are you doing so well that people want to take a selfie while they do business with you? Yes. Okay. Are you what at that, that level? I mean, it, because they want to remember the moment. And, and I think that's so important. Now we're, we're getting off track. Um, gosh. Oh, so what uh, happened is this gentleman had to import these parts. And if you remember, uh, there was a tariff that uh, the Trump uh, during this presidency said anything coming in, we want to make everything manufactured in the U.S. If it comes in from outside the U.S., you're going to pay an extra whatever it is. And that's fine. He accepted that. But that meant his costs were going up and it got to a point where he can't stay in business. The costs get too high. So he raised his price. But in the process of raising his price, he explained exactly why and why he wasn't making any more money than he would normally make in any given year. But because there, you know, we get some of our parts manufactured over from this country and that country. When they come in, we have to pay an extra tax on it. And, uh, you know, if you want to buy our bikes, we have to charge you more. If we don't charge you more, you won't even be able to buy our bikes because we won't be in business. Mm -hmm. So that transparency translated to zero drop in business. Zero. Think about that. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Why? Because they were transparent and honest. And I think a lot of the people that he does business with, uh, it's a really cool idea, is that they feel, yeah, there it is. Yeah, that is it. The rad power bike. Nice. That's probably not too far from where you live. Very interesting. You know, I mean, I understand this. You know, I bought an electric bike on Amazon during the pandemic. And one day I was driving that said electric bike down the street. And believe it or not, all the brakes went out. I, I don't oh, no. know how both the front and the back brakes At the went same out. time. That's not a good thing. <laughs> and I remember having to use my feet as brakes. And I said, how is that possible that both of them went out? And we still can't understand this because these are two separate units. The reason why I'm saying this is because had the company come out and said, we need to raise our prices so that we can put better parts and get shipped on time. Uh, you know, I would have said, OK, fine, because, you know, who's going to put safety second when you're on an electric bike? <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. And by the way, I assume you called there and you talked to them. And what did they do to fix the problem? You know, they did absolutely nothing to fix the problem. It was this was this was the problem. This is truly the problem where you don't have a, a company with a face that really is is dedicated to customer service. I ended up having a very brief uh, chat on Amazon, but I actually had to go and buy the um, it's called a, a break um, a bleed kit uh, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. bleed kit. So I had to buy a bleed kit, a custom bleed kit, take it to the bike shop, gift it to them. And then they had to rebuild all the brakes and I had to pay out of pocket. Um, I didn't go through the experience. I'll never be recommending that bike company ever again. I mean, now the bike's good, but uh, it wasn't a great experience, you know, and, and I love, I love telling people about a good experience. Just today, I've probably told three people about a positive experience that I've had. Uh, I just was telling someone about my Fender Telecaster. I love the guitar, but when it got sent to me, the guitar uh, cable cord port was loose. The the top hat pickup um, switch, you know, popped off, which apparently happens to all Telecasters. Maybe you know that. Um, you have to solder it so that it melts. And I and I asked myself, when you spend almost a thousand dollars on a guitar, you know, why do you have to deal with issues like that? 
you know, so well, how about know, when you spend five thousand dollars on a guitar and the same thing happens because it does. I and know, yeah, I know. that my my most recent uh, purchase was a, a, a semi hollow body Telecaster oh. and uh, custom shop and the guitar store that I bought it from. Um, I took it, you know, it, because of COVID, they don't have any walk-ins. You, you, you know what you want. This is a yeah. place that you go to because you know what you want mm. and they will guarantee it. And I got it home and I, I was playing it and I got the static and the crunch and I go, something's wrong here. So I called the place up and they go, bring it back. We are so sorry. Brought it back. He hand delivered, brought it to me. Uh, so I didn't have to go back to the store. <clears throat> he said, there was a short, he goes, I can't believe we didn't get this on the way out because they test every guitar that goes out the store. And he said, you know what I want you to do the next time you buy a guitar? I want you to tell me the guitar you want, come down and pick it up and don't pay for it. Take it home and play it for a week, bring it back and pay for it as long as you want it. Wow. Wow. That's what I said. Wow. You, yeah. you trust me? He goes, yeah, I trust you. You're, you're, you know, you're serious about it. You're not going to go out and, uh, you know, I, I have friends of mine, true story, friends of mine, they needed a guitar they didn't want to take their guitar with them to wherever they were going, whatever city. They went to the guitar center. They said they wanted to take it home and demo it. So they paid for it. And they brought it back three days after the gig. Mm. Now, that's a customer that um, I was like, I don't want to be a part of that. That really bothers me. But yeah. customer abuse happens. And sometimes companies make rules uh, to, uh, to make sure that kind of thing doesn't happen. But what they're really yeah. doing is punishing the 99% of the customers that would never do that. Right. Uh, specifically, I saw on the right side of the screen we were looking at, and because you you look at guitars, Guitar Center was there. I wrote an article about Guitar Center in Forbes, uh, how they had spent, I don't know how many millions of dollars on their security of when you walked in the store, they looked yeah. in your handbag, they checked whatever merchandise you were bringing in for repair or exchange and made sure you went out with the right merchandise. They spent millions of dollars recognizing after a period of time that they spent more money on making sure they didn't have the theft than was actually being stolen. And mm. in the process, penalizing all the honest customers, making them wait in line to get in and out. So, uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing uh, there. Oh, that's from uh, the NAM show. That guitar is a cool guitar. That's a folding guitar. That guitar folds in half and fits in a backpack. Wow. <laughs> and so you if you look at the, the title of that article was, I believe, the most convenient guitar in the world. And I write about convenience. Convenience to me is a differentiator of any business. If you can make it easier to do business with you, you will win. You will also get price to be less relevant. Well, prior to the pandemic, convenience was, convenience was truly the differentiator. And what happened is during the pandemic, companies that never thought about delivery at the level they thought about like wow. like i go to a car dealership for the you know and i won't tell you the name of the car but it's uh uh audi okay okay i did uh <laughs> i love audi great great uh yeah. our particular dealership that i went to i i said hey um you're too far away i'm not going to buy the car from you i've got a dealership that's literally walking distance from my office uh the reason i came out here is i happened to see the car in the window and i wanted to look at it and the guy says to me, if you buy a car from me, you will never come back here again. Go, what do you mean by that? He goes, you tell me what car you want. We make the deal. Uh, you can come and pick it up if you want, or I can bring it to you. But whenever you need service, we drop you off a brand new loner. We pick up your car. And when your car is ready, we bring it back. 
I mean, if you and if you know you want the same car next time, you call me up, tell me you just want the new model. You don't even have to come in. Mm-hmm. I go, wow, that's delivery. That's a convenience. Mm-hmm. I have six convenience principles. That's one of them. Well, during the pandemic, what happened? People couldn't go into auto dealerships, and all of a sudden, they all started to bring cars to you. Now, as soon as the pandemic and all of that started to go away, they started to go back to their old ways. But some of the dealerships recognize the power of that delivery, differentiating them from a competitor. So if you can find ways to be easier, that particular guitar uh, was made by the gentleman that you uh, you saw the picture there. Mm-hmm. He was is a patent attorney and a musician, and he worked for a company that did spinal, all the metal and everything that goes into your spine when you break your back and these doctors come in and repair. And he asked the engineers, could they make a guitar, a good high-end guitar that folds in half to fit in his backpack so he didn't have to carry the whole guitar, his briefcase, and one, one thing had to be checked. And by the way, if you check a bag on the airplane, there's two kinds of luggage. There's luggage that goes in the overhead, and then there's luggage that gets lost. So, yep, there it is, the folding guitar. And so uh, this guitar, Ciari guitar it's called, uh, he said, would you please talk about this in your speech? And my whole speech to all of the music retailers was how to be more convenient for your customer. Hours of operation. Can I bring it to you instead of you coming into me? Uh, the subscription model, and you mentioned Netflix and Disney and those subscription models. Yeah, that's that's the uh, uh, the CEO, Jonathan Spangler. Great guy. Uh, and And some very famous musicians are using this. But this is a great example of building convenience, not into the experience, but into the product. Mm. Your car, I don't know what kind of car you have, okay? Uh, a Tesla. Okay, there's a great example. Can you stick a key and turn to open the door? No. Yeah. You got a key fob and you touch the door and it yeah. opens. When you go to lock your car, would you ever thought you would be able to lock and unlock it with something other than a key? Mm. <laughs> Yeah. They built convenience into right. the product. And yeah. you know what? Now what happens when that was novel and new, Yeah, customers love that. And they bought cars because yeah. of something as convenient as that. Um, yeah. you know, that's, I'll, I'll share a story with you on that in a second. Sure. Go yeah. ahead. I want to hear it. So, <clears throat> you know, it's interesting. Uh, so Tesla, um, I love my, my Tesla. I love my Model S. It, it's amazing. You know, I have solar at the house. So I'm, I'm an extremely happy Tesla customer. But I got to tell you, the customer experience at Tesla, probably because it's a lean company and it's an agile company and, and you know, it's a uh, they, they look at things a little bit differently. Um, the customer service at Tesla is is not great. <laughs> when you go to Tesla, uh, you know, you, you, you're not going to get a loaner. You don't get loaners. Number one, um, I've had stuff stolen from the car. Um, the coffee machine's always busted. But I keep going back. I keep going back. And I was recently online and I was watching this video and this guy was explaining why the best Chinese restaurants with the most authentic food will have 3.5 stars, not four stars, not 2.5, not three, not five, 3.5 stars. And the reason why that's the case is because real authentic Asian places they they're not focused on customer service. They're focused on the quality of the food. They don't care if you if you if you if you want good customer service. That's not why they're there. They're there to make really good noodles, really good soup, really good food, and to get you in and get you out and get the next person in there. 
And, and, you know, I was sort of reminded with, with Tesla that, you know, maybe they have that philosophy. Maybe it's the, the rude waitress, you know, philosophy, the rude waiter philosophy, where they actually don't really care if your customer experience is bad because, hey, you're getting a Tesla. And well, Tesla I'm going cool to take thing. it a step further. Yeah. Um, I think that Tesla, and you just said it, I've got solar power. I've got a Tesla. There's a reason. Yeah. You like, you care about the earth. Mm. You care about sustainability, mm. right? Mm. Yeah. Well, what do you think Tesla's about? It's not just about a cool electric car. It's about yeah. a better car for this environment that we're in. Mm -hmm. Here's yeah. a stat. We do, a, a, again, back to the research that uh, I mentioned earlier. Here's the stat. 30% of customers that we surveyed, uh, over 1,000 customers, statistically valid, across all generations, ages, ethnicity, geography, 30% mm -hmm. would be willing to tolerate poor customer service if a company or brand had a social cause that was important to them. Mm. What is Tesla about? Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's an electric car. There it is. Yep. And so uh, they're willing to, and 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 they're they're willing to sometimes spend more money. Once again, price yeah. becomes less relevant when something's important to you. You know, uh, I did in one of my books, The Amazement Revolution, I believe, I profiled in a small case study, Lush Cosmetics. Mm. I talked about building a community. And Lush says, we will never do animal testing. Mm. You're going to pay more for it. Guess what? No problem. Happy to pay mm. more for it if I believe in no animal testing, right? So that's what we're doing here is we found a cause. We found something that's important um, to a customer that's an emotional mm. connection that makes them mm. want to do business with you regardless of what it costs and even suffering on the experience. But I'll argue that uh, the environmental sustainability of the causes that we're talking about, and it could be a cause of even just giving back to the community. Uh, Ace Hardware, yeah. one of my clients who I wrote a book and I used them as a case study throughout the whole book. And the book was titled Amaze Every Customer Every Time. There was an Ace Hardware store down in the woodlands in Texas, I believe. And he'd been there for 30, 40 years, family-owned business, directly right next to him, Home Depot or one of the big box stores go up. Yep, there it is. Amaze every customer every time. And boy, he had a choice. They were not only, he was about a 12,000 or so square foot store. Mm. They were uh, 150,000 square. I mean, they, they were right? literally, I don't know, 20 times bigger than he was. Yeah. On top of that, they outspent him in advertising dollars mm -hmm. 30 to one. How does he compete? He pulls all his advertising and he says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start sponsoring all of the little baseball teams for the kids and the soccer teams. And the, and I'm going to go to churches and tell them you're having a dance. Let me pay for the band. Uh, I'm going to go to the youth organizations. I'm going to go to the high schools all in my area. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be some, become so ingrained in the community that I'm their hardware store, even though I know my prices are a little bit higher than Home Depot, even though I don't have nearly the selection of Home Depot. And by the way, here's what he does. When you come in there and he doesn't have what it is that you want, he sends you to Home Depot. Mm. Another uh, another uh, uh, Ace Hardware uh, dealer up in Boston said, well, that happened to me too. And what I did is I went to lunch with the general manager of the store. And I said, look, we don't need to be, you know, beating each other up on prices. Why don't you just tell me, let's figure out what you do and what you have in there that I don't. And I'll tell you what I have that you don't. And let's just send customers to each other's stores. It was beautiful. It's like, keep your friends closer and your enemies right. you know, even closer than that or something. <laughs> Whatever. Right. 
that is. Um, but I mean, these are all what I yeah. would call very tactile, um, grassroots, yeah. um, you know, really simple efforts that you can make. Again, any size company, big or small, it makes no difference. But yeah, I, I know that. we kind of veered off of what your original uh, ideas were here, but we're getting a lot in. This is, this is perfect. One of the things that I would love to get from you, if that's okay, is the, is the six principles. Sure, six convenience principles. You're going to yeah. test my memory now, aren't you? <laughs> the first I'm sure you is, have an acronym. <laughs> yeah, uh, there is no acronym. It's just okay. six principles. Uh, boy, I love acronyms. I Maybe I'll have to come up with one. Thanks. Now I got to rewrite the book. But the first is eliminate friction wherever you can, which is an underlying principle to all six. But if you think about it, and I use I use uh, big case studies of uh, using Amazon as a big one. And then in each one of the six principles, I use five more smaller case studies. So number one is simply eliminate friction. That's what Amazon did. They took all the friction out of buying a book in the beginning. You don't have to drive to a bookstore. Just go online, find something that you like. We're going to send it to you and it'll even be less expensive. Although today uh, we can talk about prices, but you know, the, you, Alexa is, and I got to be careful. She's right behind me and I don't want to <laughs> get her started. Uh, but the echo is a great a tool. And what they did is very cool. It used to be uh, before the Echo was real popular, they had something called a dash button. Did you ever get an Amazon yes, dash yes, button? Yes. So what it looks like a little doorbell. Mm -hmm. And the doorbell ties into your Wi-Fi in your home. Yeah. And it's tied to a specific product like dishwashing detergent. Right. Okay. Right. So when you see your low on that dishwashing detergent, you just push the dash button. And it orders it for you, okay? So you don't have to turn on a computer or anything. Well, Amazon at some point said, and by the way, they had hundreds of these buttons tied to all these different products. Brilliant, brilliant thinking, right? And they said, ah, it's, it's too too much friction. We got to make it easier. Yeah. What do you mean? How can you make it easier than that than pushing a button? Just say, hey, Alexa, <laughs> I oh, need oh, more dishwasher. Just say it out loud. <laughs> You know, and guess what happens? It shows up oh, there. She's talking to me now. See that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Alexa, turn off. There, she did good. So, anyway, that's that's eliminating friction. Number two is if you can find ways to incorporate technology into what you do. And by the way, a lot of what Amazon does is technology. That's why I said you can see this theme throughout all six. Uh, so technology might mean like I go to the dentist. I don't have to call the dentist, be put on hold, wait for the receptionist to come back, look at her calendar compared to my calendar. I can now go online and into my account, I open it up and I can see what's available and I can book without ever having to go through that hassle of the phone call. If I want to transfer money from me to you, I can use Venmo or PayPal. That's taking, you know, that kind of thing as opposed to writing a check, putting a stamp on an envelope, addressing the envelope, mailing it to you, and four days later, it's there. No, this is so much easier. That's technology. Self-service solutions. What can you do to make it easier for the customer to get what they want, whether it's a product on a website like an Amazon site, whether it's customer support through frequently asked questions, video tutorials, whatever, self-service solutions. Number four is a subscription model. This is why Netflix and you mentioned Disney, but it's it used to be subscriptions were about magazines and newspapers, but everything could be a subscription model now. Uh, even automobile companies are starting to let you subscribe to their automobiles. 
Porsche did this for a while. Audi did it. Uh, Cadillac does it. Uh, but Porsche said, if you subscribe, they had two or three different levels. You can come on the lot anytime you want, pick out any car that we have and drive it. And you just turn the one in. You just pay a monthly subscription for the right to drive any Porsche that we have. And if you pay more, you get to drive the fancier ones. You know, it makes sense. You don't have, you don't own it. You're not leasing it. You're not, I guess it's kind of a rental, but it's, yeah. it's a subscription. I mean, there's, it's wonderful. And the nice thing about subscription models, software companies have figured this out, is I, 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 the price is lower. You pay quarterly, monthly, annually, doesn't matter. You get the updates automatically. And once you're in my system, as long as I make you happy, you're going to stay with me forever. Mm. Okay. And uh, it's, it's recurring income and it's huge. I'll be back. Yep. I'll be back. Number five is delivery, taking it to the customer. I shared with you the automobile story, but grocery store delivery, food delivery, any kind of delivery, anytime you take it to the customer. And number six is access. And that's hours that you're open, logistical. Am I close to you? If I'm, a, if I'm online, uh, you know, that's easy. You're always accessible to me. But if I need help and support, am I going to call you? At, uh, I bought a ping pong table from a sports uh, uh, store and I brought it home and it's eight o'clock at night and I'm putting it together because I'm working during the day. Okay. I don't have time to do it during the day. And I ran into a problem. I called the company and said, they're only open from eight to five. <laughs> I go, Oh, so they must be taking care of people that are unemployed apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, and they did some other cool things that I did get my, my question, but what's, you know, how accessible are you, whether it's hours yeah. of operation, you know, logistical, et cetera. So those are the six convenience principles. Well, this is, this is so, so tremendous to be reminded of these things. It's, it's, we forget about these things. We really do. We think about how do I maximize my profit? How do I, you know, make my average handle time as low as it possibly can be? But what are the risks? What are the consequences of not actually prioritizing things to ultimately deliver that happiness? You know, what right. are the consequences? And the I mean, wrong metrics will, will 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 kill it. You know, and and you know the the thing that I'm just reminded of in this in this conversation here is that. Tesla customer service is not good, but I talk about Tesla and I promote Tesla. And every time I walk by another Tesla with this key right here, the lights of that car, they bright, they do a little dance and a show for me because it's sort of like a cult. It's like right from your book, the cult of the customer, the Tesla, cult of the customer, the cult of the customer. Tesla has built this into their experience where if you walk by another Tesla, the lights go off on the other person's car. Hey, buddy, you're part of the cult. <laughs> and there's no way that there's I've never seen a, seen a switch in my car to turn that off. There's no yeah. way to turn it off. But <laughs> By I, the I way, like cult it. is not a dirty word. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I made that real clear. When I wrote yeah. that book, my publisher gave me that title. That's not the title that I wanted to use. Okay. And I thought, this is risky. And only one of my clients sent back the book when I sent it to them as a gift. And they are a uh, religious-based, faith-based hospital. And okay. he said, the word cult is offensive to me. And I said, do you know the definition of the word cult? It's really a group of people who have a common interest and, you know, they're mm -hmm. together. And that that idea of a cult is if you go to the park every Saturday morning and go on a run with the same friends week after week after week after week, that's a cult. Yeah. If your cult is about uh, mm -hmm. getting a group of people together to take care of customers in a way mm -hmm. that they'll go, wow, that's amazing. That's a cult. But I use that cult to also play off the word 
culture because culture in an organization so important what's mm -hmm. happening on the inside of a company is going to be felt on the outside by a customer and we want to create a good culture as well yeah and these are these are such important reminders you know benihana i love talking about benihana i've been going to benihana as a kid in fact i just searched my google uh, photos for the word benihana and sure enough i had a couple just a couple show <laughs> up show up of the pictures this is using Google Photos technology that actually, I just searched type for Benihana and it actually found one or two of these pictures. These are pictures of you and your these family. These are pictures going to Benihana's. This is, this is forever ago. This is probably 20 years ago right here, you know? And, Isn't uh, that cool? So this is the point. Is the business that you're in, it, you know, if you're in, if you're in the defense weapons business, you're probably not going to have somebody come in and say, "Hey, can I take a picture next to this missile?" Okay, <laughs> Tony Stark, Stark. <laughs> right, right, Tony Stark. But is the kind of business you're in the kind of business that? Uh, uh, so I thought about this. What yeah. what prompted me to write this article is just a couple of weeks ago. I'm in New York City, yeah. and I'm walking through Midtown Times Square. And I'm seeing all these people taking pictures. And I say, you know, not only is it cool that we're in a place, but Times Square knows that this is a special place to the point where they put bleachers in the one, you know, at Times Square. So you can sit and watch mm. all that's going around you because they know it's a special place. I'm not saying every company can create a Times Square experience mm. that would make you want to sit, observe, take pictures and remember that moment. But you should darn well think about what you're doing. Uh, I know that, hey, you're the greatest sales rep I've ever had at a company. It's so cool to finally meet you in person. Uh, I'm at a trade show for an industry that, you know, I, I, I sell, uh, I sell uh, refrigerator coils, okay? Mm -hmm. But I just met the vendor of the company. Can I get my picture with you? I want to show my friends back at my office. Well, that is a Times Square kind of a moment, a selfie yeah. moment. You can create this in any industry as long as you take the time to create the experience that would make people want to remember it like that. So important. So important. And and the reality, what you keep reminding us is that we don't need to be perfect. No, no. you want. just, yeah. If nobody is perfect, yeah. uh, Vince Lombardi, great football coach. Yeah. This is not a football analogy. It's a great analogy. And that analogy is simply this. He said, perfection is not reality, but the pursuit of it will create excellence. And there's this there's this beauty to the vulnerability of being honest, being transparent, that you know that you're making mistakes and that you're trying to improve those because that actually has the opposite effect. It doesn't make the person feel like they've been mishandled. It makes them feel like they're empowered. They're actually helping you to improve the overall experience. Yep. I have a, a client that is in the... Um, janitorial business okay. and in their contract when they sign on a new client which is an office building where they send their team in to mm -hmm. clean the office buildings at night uh, he makes it real clear that when there's a problem that you will call him that it will never fester that's in the agreement because he said i can't fix something that happened three weeks ago but if it happened last night i'll be out there to figure out what happened uh well and and it's it's fascinating and i said how many clients actually do you have to say you know, you didn't do what we agreed to do. He goes, they only need to hear it one or two times and then they get it. We really want to be there to take care of them. And it's in our agreement. You'll let us know. Um, I have a friend of mine who's in the speaking business, similar to what I do speaking. And he puts in his contracts that if you don't call him back within 48 hours, he will void his contract and he won't show up to the speaking engagement. 
there better be a legitimate reason why you didn't call him back because he said, you call me, you expect me to call you. You know, quid pro quo, reciprocation, whatever you want to call it, treat me the way you want to be treated. Right. Well, this is uh, this is the platinum rule, not the golden rule, right? Treat people yep. the way that they want to be treated, not yep. the way you want to be treated. Have you had Tony Alessandro on the show yet? No. Well, you should. Okay. Yeah, he's the one that wrote the book, The Platinum Rule. And yeah, came okay, up yeah, yeah, there you go. One yeah. of my very, very good friends. Amazing. Well, this was a tremendous conversation and such an important reminder on why amazing our customers, creating a, a truly unique customer experience is everything. And, and, and here we are to talk about it with the expert. Um, where can folks learn about you? Social handles, website, um, Amazon sure. books. You got a new book. I'll be back. So exciting. Yeah, that was number eight. Just came out about a year or so ago. Um, and I'm sure I'll have another one in the next year or two. I don't know how many of them are left there uh, in my head, but but they're there. Uh, so yeah, there's the uh, Amaze Every Customer book. But here's, here's uh, go to hyken.com, H-Y-K-E-N.com. And you know, subscribe to my newsletter, but you do it by downloading and getting the research. You're automatically, it's a free newsletter. I do cartoons every single week. Go to, uh, if you can show them, go to customerservicearticles.com. Oh, perfect. And, Let me yeah. pull that up. Give me a second. Yeah. You're going to like that. And you'll see, uh, there's a number of articles that I write throughout the week, but every week I post at least one cartoon. That's my blog and my newsletter that'll get sent to you. And it's a cartoon with a business tip that you can share with your team. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we try. I believe in having a good time. So, yeah, that's an example. I do a podcast every week as well. That's what the next one is. Um, but by the way, so that uh, if you go back to the cartoon, what's fun about that is uh, I have to put my glasses on to read this now. Uh, but so don't forget what got you to the dance. This is a, a place, a restaurant that that advertised are the biggest burger in town. And you can see this can't be the biggest burger in town. That's the smallest burger I've ever seen in my life. And the server says, well, they used to be bigger, but we're trying to save money. <laughs> it's, a, it's like whatever made you want to do business with them, don't forget it because that's what got you to the dance. And oh, so, yes. uh, you know, customers are going to notice when you make changes like that. And this is original artwork you're doing? Yeah, this? yeah, yeah. I, I, I sit down with my team. I write the article. We brainstorm different creative ideas. We, I come up with the cartoon, I draw it, and then an artist, a friend of mine, uh, colorizes it. That's and makes amazing. It I, I really appreciate that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna subscribe and I'm gonna check this out. I'm a big fan, and and I'm filled with gratitude to have this opportunity, Chef. So thank you so much. I encourage people to connect with you on social hand, handles. To visit hyken.com, that's H-Y-K-E-N.com. Yeah. Um, and I'm on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, uh, uh, Pinterest. <laughs> Perfect. You're you're everywhere. You are everywhere where you are, you are, you practice what you preach, you're accessible. <laughs> you are available. Well, thank you. Yeah. Nice. We try. Well, well, Chef, well Ruben, it's great to hang with you, man. Yeah, likewise. And I and I can't wait to do this again because I know that you'll be back. I can't wait. Thanks. Stick around for some notes. Thanks so much.